It's time to get it, and you know how we get it. Americano! The podcast about all things business and personal growth with your host, Eric Vonheim. Today, I would like to welcome Jonathan Mayer to the show. John, how are you doing? I'm doing well. You're doing well. What are are you sipping on here? I noticed you have something in your cup. Uh, Coffee. 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 What else? What else? So today we are drinking some, uh, what I I refer to as the magic bean from Guatemala. This is Texas Joe Coffee Co. What do you think? It's great. Good stuff? Yeah. So you're a coffee drinker, right? I am. But you're, you're a little bit different, right? Because you don't do the full cup. No. So, so what do you normally get? What's your go-to when it comes to the bean? Uh, we'll, we'll go with a double espresso. Mm. Yeah. So you like to just get right to the point. Yes. I like it. Yes. I like it. Hey, yeah. so I've been mainly for many years like an Americana guy, hence the name of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always tell people, I mean, you know, Americana is a little bit stronger. Hence, I mean, I know you can appreciate that with uh, your double shot. And I always just feel like I need to have something in the cup. Yeah. You know, something to sip on, right? So that aside, welcome to the show. It's, you know, it's been a, a long time coming. I've had the show for some time now. I've been really wanting to have you on. And uh, you have a tremendous background that I know our guests are really going to enjoy today. And so I was thinking what we could do is maybe dive into a little bit about your background um, and, and get to some of the good stuff. Because for our listeners out there, for those that are watching the show, uh, Jonathan Mayer is a phenomenal designer. He has a tremendous amount of experience in the design realm uh, working with a lot of high-end brands. And, you know, that doesn't always happen overnight. And usually there's a real powerful story behind it. And there's a journey, right? There's right. there's a journey to yeah. get to that point. And I'm really looking forward to you sharing that journey. So why don't we just jump in and talk a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up? Where are you from? Uh, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. Okay. Yeah. I uh, went to junior high and high school in Northridge, Granada Hills. Okay. Went down to school in San Diego, okay. San Diego State. That, that's not a bad place to go to school. No, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of people who love to go to San Diego. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I joke, like I've lived my whole life within 150 miles of each other. Wow. Yeah. Grew wow. up in the valley, went to school in San Diego, yeah. ended up here in Orange County. Okay. Yeah. And you didn't really have to travel too far to go to school, which, no. you know, some people have to travel across the entire country to go to school. Right, right. So what was it like? I mean, was... Was San Diego State like your 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 chosen spot? Did you know you wanted to go there or was it, eh, I guess I'll go down there? You know, I went to a JC for two okay. years. I stayed local, yeah. went to a JC, um, applied to a number of schools, got into a handful and, and okay. San Diego was just, it was close, it was yeah. nice, good reputation, beautiful, can't beat the weather. Gorgeous, right. Yeah. And when you were on your journey through JC, I, were you just sort of taking whatever classes to just fill up your schedule or did you have purpose and intent at that age? Uh, that was, that was basically taking my GEs. Okay. Um, General ed. Okay. Frankly, I was trying to continue a baseball career. <laughs> oh, baseball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and you, and you have that, I hear you, what a phenomenal pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. So you, so talk a little bit about that. That's an interesting segue because you went from, you know, athlete to designer. Well, yeah, when you retire, you're not going to make millions of dollars as an athlete. You got to okay. find something to do. Um, no, I played ball my whole life. I loved it. I pitched. Yeah. I played third base. Uh, retired at 19. Um, <laughs> I like that. Retired at 19. <laughs> had, a, uh, had a family member, actually, that uh, he worked for a motion graphics company in Marina Del Rey. Okay. Um, and they did, back in the day, all the on-air graphics for, like, 
Entertainment Tonight and and like the Oscars, oh, wow. like when you see the name and the and the intros to the yeah. shows and and I went and interned there and okay. I drove from the valley to uh, to uh, Marina del Rey, you know, every day for a few months and hung out wow. and kind of decided that's that's what I like. Now, so you got it. So you got firsthand exposure. So you're in school mm-hmm. and then you got some exposure to what they were doing, right? What did you right. see? I mean, at that age, what are you seeing? Because the tech has evolved significantly. When you're thinking about the overlays, I'm thinking about Adobe After Effects and such right. like that. So yeah. what is it like? I mean, what did you see? Uh, you know, there were a lot of editing bays. It yeah. was video and motion graphics. Okay. Um, you know, I saw they were big on awards. They won dozens wow. and dozens and dozens of Emmys, actually. Yeah. So it was it was kind of cool to see that. And I was kind of drawn to the... The, the fame, if you will. And, okay. You know, it's kind of exciting to see that, oh, these guys do stuff on TV that wins awards. Yeah. So the notoriety, that attracted you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah. You, you get this exposure. It motivates you. Mm-hmm. Now you go back to school, and does that just change the classes that you pick now? Are you now like, wow, what, what classes do I have to take to get into this world? Well, yeah. At that point, I'd committed to San Diego. So I was going okay. down to San Diego State and, and getting a, a BA in design. Yeah. Um, and then took primarily design classes. And was this during a time where, I mean, so where's, where's the computer at this point? Are you, are you sketching? <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't take that the wrong way. Yeah. Um, because you're very young and I know that to be true. <laughs> what I mean to say is uh, how much of the tech was integrated into the curriculum? Because I, even today, let's, let's be honest, even today, um, there are still different studios that will only hire people if they have a background in sketching, like mm-hmm. actually the ability to draw something and then digitize that and bring that into the computer, right? Yeah, yeah. If, if I can even back up further, like I've always had this ability to kind of draw and sketch. So even as a kid, okay. a young kid, I was always drawing. You're um, a doodler. I'm a doodler. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, uh, my elementary school, I, I played a big role in this in this mural that we painted, this yeah. like nature outdoor jungle mural. So I think I've got a tiger and an eagle or something on the wall there. Nice. A little um, bit of the, the jungle book. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. But uh, I, I remember my instructors and my professors, I was viewed as kind of the first generation yeah. that had access to um, like an Apple or a Mac. Like, cause they were all doing stuff like my pencil and yeah. like actually typesetting letters one by one. And interesting, you know, so was this the Apple two B? Uh, I had a, what did I have? A Mac 8,500. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, did, I, I dove in. I got the, yeah. I got the, the Mac, the monitor, the printer, the scanner, the whole deal. The whole thing. Yeah. They were beautiful, right? Those machines were like nothing you'd ever seen before. Yeah. The aesthetics yeah. and the design <laughs> and they all worked and they all went together. Very, very cool time. Yeah. So you were exposed to technology. I mean, that was cutting edge. Yeah. I mean, let's be clear. That was cutting edge at that time. Uh, when that technology came out and you're in design school and learning the principles, that that was leaps and bounds because at that up until that point in time, everybody was relying on sketches and everything was by hand, right? And you were entering the digital economy, which we all kind of take for granted nowadays. Right, right. But, you know, not, not to forget, I was taking classes where, you know, I was working with, with styrofoam and balsa wood and, and, oh, wow. um, and actually like sketching pen and ink. Okay. You know, so, so three-dimensional design, space design, not just simply like graphic design. Interesting. You know? So physical yeah. materials. Yes. And did you have an understanding of those things prior to getting to school? Was school really a place where you you cultivated that passion and that understanding of space and 
in those different things, design elements in I, general? I think it helped me tap into some natural ability. Okay. Kind of helped me hone those skills, you will, if a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So you're in school. Fast forward a little bit, you graduate. Mm-hmm. What's next? You stay in San Diego? Because, I mean, I know the weather's good. I mean... You could get lost in San Diego for a while. Do yeah, you stay I, there or do you I, make a move? I, I stayed. I think I was there for a year and a half, two years. Okay. Um, but LA, you could have a dozen interviews a week in LA. Yeah. San Diego. I heard time and time again that everyone came back to San Diego. Really? Go out, get a career started, come back. Okay. And they were right. I, I started looking in LA and I had I had plenty of interviews, plenty of offers. Yeah. Um, LA is just a, it's just a huge market. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. what is it? 10, 13 million people in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you make your way to LA. I do. And where do you land? Um, I, where'd I go? I think I ended up in West Hollywood. Okay. No, sorry. Back to parents. Moved back home. Ah. Graduated college. 97. Mom's cooking was that good, huh? Moved back home. <laughs> uh, went to work for a little design studio in Santa Monica. Okay. Yeah. Another horrible location. Yeah. Santa Monica. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you you know, you uh, there's a theme here. Coastal cities for you. <laughs> That's the theme. Yeah. So, yeah. you're in Santa Monica mm-hmm. and you start this gig. Yeah. What are you doing for them? Uh, I'm working for a small studio that uh, their biggest client was Sony Music, which was down the street. Ah. So, when Sony Music's in-house staff was overwhelmed, they would yeah. outsource the work to us. And most of the time, I ended up doing doing the work yeah and what type of work did what was that for you uh cd packaging cd packaging yeah ah that's compact disc right for some of our (laughs) listeners out there (laughs) it's all digital now all mp3 all streaming yeah so you're doing cover work yeah and is it safe to assume you're doing cover work related to artists musicians yeah i mean it was it was uh it was pretty cool it was exciting i mean it's it's i suddenly found myself in the music industry interesting um the woman, the principal of the studio, she uh, actually was like a Grammy award winner. You can, at the time, I don't know if they still do it, but they, yeah. they awarded a Grammy to the best album art. Okay. Yeah. So she won a Grammy or two. From the album art. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how much of the, this art was you 100% or? I was low on the totem pole. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So are you dealing primarily with composition, layout, that type of stuff? Yeah. Basically taking the art director's concepts okay and fulfilling it until they're happy got it yeah got it so you're comfortable with revisions i still am (laughs) 25 years later (laughs) so that's you know so is it fair to say you sort of cut your teeth with sony uh yeah in a way yeah i was with that design studio for about two or three years okay um a position became available at sony music and my contact there asked me if i wanted to interview for it and i ended up going to work for Sony Music for six years. Directly? Yeah. Is yeah. that because they knew that some of the work you were doing was yours? The relationship. The I mean, relationship. I, my, my point of contact there, I knew the guy for three years. Yeah. And he let me know that something was opening. And, oh. and So you're, I, how, how old are you at this point? 23, 4. 23, 24. Yeah. Yeah. You're working in LA. Yeah. Santa Monica area. Yeah. And you're working for Sony. Living at home. Life's not bad. Living at home. <laughs> Rent yeah. free. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, this is, this yeah. is a good life by yeah. any definition, okay? Yeah. So, Sony, how long were you there for? 
I was there for six years. Six years. Yeah. That's a really good stint. Yeah. And did it just make you that much more passionate about what you were doing in the design world? Or uh, tell us a little bit about that. You know, it was fun. Um, I, I was still, you know, you're kind of in this Hollywood world where there's musicians mm -hmm. on site. Mm -hmm. You know, Epic Records is there. Columbia yeah. Music is there. Um, you know, I I tell this story where New York was our, our head office. Okay. And... You had to do whatever New York said. You had to make New York happy. Ah. So there was always deadlines to go to press for things. Okay. And I was there staying late because the people in New York were staying late. And I was going to work with somebody. Um, yeah. Kind of we're going to sit side by side and fine tune it until it was happy. Um, and some guy walks in with a beard like down to here and his hair. Like ZZ Top? Back, like ZZ Top. <laughs> jeans, t-shirt. Yeah. a flannel. Like, who is this guy? Like, I have no idea who he is. Come to find out, you'll probably know who he is. This is Rick Rubin. Ah, yes, yeah. Rick Rubin. Yeah, mega producer. Mega producer. And you know what's interesting about Rick Rubin is, uh, I think if if I'm not mistaken, it was LL Cool J. And it was funny because when he first, he had heard about Rick Rubin and he, he first got a chance to meet him in person, he said, he sees Rick apparently, and this is in his own words, and he goes, he looks at Rick and goes, he goes, man, I thought you were black <laughs> because Rick Rubin has been behind so much music in the hip hop world. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he's super, super, uh, really cool guy, really real, well known, well respected in the music industry and has fundamentally worked with so many artists um, and all genres. And I think that's what makes him unique from yeah. rock and roll to hip hop to you name it. Right. Uh, wow. So yeah. he walks in. So that's cool. Yeah. And I didn't know who he was. I just yeah. worked with this guy and we got it done. And, you know, later yeah. on found out who he was. And, you know, it's kind of a fun story. That's really, really yeah. cool. So you yeah. must have seen different types of figures like Rick Rubin come through that office. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, Sony's like major artists were yeah. um, Mariah Carey, Barbara Streisand, yeah. uh, uh, Michael Jackson. You know, like big, big names. Some prominent you know? individuals. And then there was uh, System of a Down. Do you recall yeah, that? Yeah, I like that music. That's, you know, that's good yeah. workout music. Yeah. yeah. That's when you're doing some CrossFit, right? Yeah. And you have to really get after it. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so it was cool. You're exposed to all kinds yeah. of music, all kinds of people. Yeah, it was fun. That's so was cool. Fun. And you're young and you're in LA and you're exposed yeah. to all these celebrities. And yeah. that just must have been jet fuel for you. Yeah, yeah, it, it was cool. It's cool. It's cool. So yeah. tell us what was life like after Sony and what was that catalyst to, to move on? So, um, I met a woman in college. Okay. That I'm now married to. Congratulations. Thank you. We've so that you've been married for a while now. Night this summer, 19 years, 19 yeah. years this summer. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. So we're in San Diego together. She moves up to orange County to get a master's degree in education. Okay. I'm in LA. So we're doing the L.A. Orange County every other weekend. Yeah. You know, five or six years go by. And. You did this for five or six years? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Not, not to slight L.A., but you drive to Orange County. It's clean. It's beautiful. Yeah, the like, highways open up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was the ratio of travel? Like, who was traveling more? Were you traveling to see her more? Or was she traveling to see you more? You know what? If we wanted a weekend that was going to be kind of mellow by the beach, it was Orange County. Yeah. If we wanted to do like L.A. and Hollywood and Sunset Boulevard, it was it was L.A. So pretty, pretty, 
pretty frequent, you know. So it sounds far. like you're yeah. there are more mellow weekends by the yeah. beach. <laughs> well, I live in Orange County now. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's yeah. a great yeah. way to answer the question. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so no, so you know they um, Sony Music would treat their art directors like uh, like athletes. They would sign them to multi-year deals. Yeah. And after six years, I was still the newest guy, still number or still number eleven. Yeah. On the totem pole. I didn't know how long it was going to take to move up there. So I started looking in Orange County. Got it. Moved here. Went to work for an advertising agency. Uh, ended up getting married a year later. Wow. Um, so that was, a, that was a big catalyst in your life. The yeah. fact that you had found the love of your life. Yeah. And that sort of changed the whole trajectory for you and yeah. brought you back to Orange County. Yeah. Or to Orange County, Orange I should County. say. Yeah, right. to yeah. Orange County. Yeah. The, the, really, the in-between, right? Right. Between L.A. and where you were, you were growing up in that area. Right. And then, you know, San Diego. Now you're in the middle. Right. Compromise. That's what we right. call compromise. Right. 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 <laughs> so, I mean, Orange County is yeah. not a bad place. So, you end up in Orange County and you said mm -hmm. you started working for an agency. Right. Again, doing design work. Doing design work. Uh, completely different, though. His, yeah. uh, this This guy that owned this agency, he was primarily hospitality. Okay. So like restaurants um, and a lot of medical industry stuff. So it was a major switch from, from, you know, LA and rock and roll and yeah. Rick Rubin walking into, to, yeah. to, so, you know, it's, it's fine. Okay. Learn more, um, you know, learn more way, learn way more out of school than you do in school. Yeah. You know, I mean, just kind of real life experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't, Agree with you more on that. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, school gives you an understanding. There's there's definitely a, a tremendous amount of value in it. But mm -hmm. the reality is every organization is different. You know, the, the teams, the culture, the type of work. Mm -hmm. um, you are going to often acquire all the skills you really need to understand in life through those experiences. Actually yeah. doing the work, right? Yeah. There's, there's just a tremendous amount of value just doing it. Yeah. So you switch gears. Right. You're working at this agency. But you're still motivated. You're still challenged. You're still right. finding that you're passionate. You have a, sort of an affinity towards the work. It's uh, it's much more responsibility too. Okay. Because I'm now kind of the last person to touch the files before it goes to press, right? Instead of mm. being more of a supporting role. Yeah. I'm kind of the guy. and like You are the guy. It's Yeah. Yeah. So if something uh, doesn't look right when it goes to press, it's, yeah. hey. Yeah. What happened? Mr. Mayor? Right. <laughs> <laughs> there are 20,000 copies in circulation. Yes. Okay. Now, does that make you paranoid when it comes to design? I mean, are you paranoid to a certain extent because you have to just, you know, cross your T's, dot your I's, double check, triple check? To this day. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, you know, I'm an art guy, not a, not a proofreading guy. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> get, work with a copywriter, hire a proofreader, yeah. you know, so uh, stuff backwards. It's a little pro tip there. Absolutely. And yeah. I definitely want to get into some tips yeah. for our listeners. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're at this agency. What was one of your greatest, sort of most memorable projects with that particular agency that comes to mind? Uh, or something that just challenged you. And maybe you can even take it back a step further to Sony if you like. I mean, yeah. just, you know, going from Sony to an agency and you're young, you're still, you know, you're in your career, you're learning, you're, you're applying these skills, you're, you're growing. What, were, what was a challenging or memorable moment for you? You know, the, the small business, the small agency, seemed more real okay you know it's like you're you're working on something that's another business is going to use to grow their business yeah. and to make money they're dependent whereas, on you whereas yeah i'm one of several hundred people working for this record label okay putting out album art you know yeah um so the agency seemed more more real if you will okay yeah 
Yeah. You, uh, you're on a smaller vessel <laughs> compared right. to that ocean liner of Sony, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happens next um, beyond this agency? Because it's my understanding at some point you were in some type of wedding business? Yeah, yeah. Is that correct? So I got married. Okay. Being a designer, can't let someone else design your invites, right? Okay. So I did You did it. not outsource your invites? No, no. Okay. I did it, worked with a company in Corona de Mar to kind of like she knew small scale printers and yeah. she knew papers and this and that and the other. So worked with her to get them produced. Okay. Um, six months later, my phone rings and it's the woman that owned this business. And she asked me if I wanted to buy the business. Wow. So I'm, I'm now at this point. This, you like, said six months in? Yeah. About six months in and after married. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. After married. Okay. So we have this conversation for about a year, year and a half. So at this point I'm 29 years old and, um, I decided to leave a pretty decent paying salaried position yeah. to buy a business. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Did you ever see yourself being a business owner? I mean, um, did you have that entrepreneur? Some people know it. Like it's instinctive. They, it's like intuition. They, they feel it. Like I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be on my own. Was that you or was it something where you're like, eh, I rationalized it? You know, I, I looked at it and you're going to laugh, but I, I looked at it as something that um, could save you money on the invites. <laughs> I think were you trying yeah. to get to cost? <laughs> I actually saw it as an opportunity to to grow and okay. own something, but um it, you know, it didn't seem hard. Okay. Like it does it doesn't have to be difficult. Yeah. Right? Now you're like, how difficult could it be? Yeah. Flash forward a year, uh. you own a business and you're paying bills and rent and taxes and salaries <laughs> and vendors and Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then your bank account goes like this, but uh -huh. you know. Yeah, it looks like Six Flags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was a I was a twenty nine year old guy, and I bought a wedding invitation business in Corona del Mar. Wow. So so, what comes with that? Did you have a team? Did you just have stock? Did you have a little? I mean, tell us about that because I, that's yeah. that's that's a big big milestone at such a young age, and also yeah. being newly married. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, thank goodness I had the support. Like, yeah, my wife supported me one hundred percent. We did it. That's fantastic. Um, and real quick. I would, I would also just agree, you need that support. Yeah. I mean, it makes a huge difference. I think that, especially for the entrepreneurs out there, if, if you're going to start a business, it, it takes a tremendous amount of time. There's sacrifice. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think the ones that uh, tend to fare well are ones that have strong partners mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. are supporting them and helping them through. And it, actually, even if you don't have a partner, it could be your family, just people that understand it and support you because it's a journey. Yeah. It's a journey, right? Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. you, you quickly were exposed to that. Right, right. right. However, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had a job. Like I woke up every day yeah. and I felt like there was opportunity to do something. Like, what can I make happen today? Okay. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I was going to a job and like looking mm -hmm. at the clock. What time do I go home? Like, yeah, I couldn't get there fast enough. I wanted to stay really? late. Like I was all in. Yeah. You were all in. And this is yeah. uh, Corona Damar. So Corona was there a physical office that came with? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. On, on 2nd Avenue, PCH. Another terrible location. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I shared an office with a woman that was in marketing and copywriting. Okay. So we got to collaborate a little bit. Um, and actually there was a third group in that office, um, that were architects. Ah, yeah. so it was a tiny little office and there were six to seven people in there. Okay. In this space. Cozy. Yeah. Yeah. But the motive for buying this business was, um, you know, the economy was great people were spending a lot of money on wedding invitations. Mm -hmm. The wedding industry is a big business. But I also knew that beyond 
the bride and groom needing their wedding invitations. Yeah. They hired event coordinators and hairstylists and florists and yeah. photographers, and they all needed marketing and branding and design help. So that was kind of my end game. Ah, so this you so you saw that ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. So you saw this as a sort of the buy-in to additional services that you could offer. Yes. Okay. Yes. Instead of selling a tangible product, I could also sell a service and a unique ability to people that needed mm-hmm. it outside of just the one core group that core only group. she could offer. You know, the previous owner could only offer her services mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you introduce that to the clientele? Because you step into a business where they obviously know the prior owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had built a relationship. You're new. Mm-hmm. Um, well, to an extent, right? So, so how do you how do you bridge that? Because it's my understanding that sometimes when, you know, there's acquisition or somebody takes over ownership, mm-hmm. you kind of know that some clients are going to stay and some are going to kind of part ways. Right. Uh, right. What was your experience like? You know, uh, the previous owner mm-hmm. was remarkable and she and I worked together for probably a year. Okay. She stayed on and worked side by side. Nice. And, you know, phase out over time, but she did an amazing job of introducing me to the right people, going okay. to the right events, doing a lot of networking, really smooth transition. And part of that, part of our united conversation was, yeah, John's got an excellent background with advertising agencies and design studios and record labels. You know, he can do more than just X. What we're doing. Right. right. So you're there for how long? Um, well, I, I still own a form of that business now. Really? It's evolved. You know, but uh, I've I've been in business for myself for 16 years. 16 years. Yeah. 16 yeah. years. So is that, so did you just simply sort of divest from the wedding invitation side of the business? Is that essentially what happened to what you're doing today? Yeah. There, um, the economy changed. Stock market took a big hit. People okay. stopped spending money on, like it was water. Yeah. You know. On, this is 2008? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, good thing I'd built up that other side of what I was doing. And, you know, businesses still needed to make money. Okay. You know, people weren't going to go and spend, you know, ridiculous amounts of money on paper invitations. Right. And there was also a lot of online competition. You know, I can go online and I can, it's the perceived value, right? I can get the same online Mm -hmm. for a fraction of the cost of what it would cost, you know, me to do it. Right. Um, And, and just through networking, I've, I've, met people that are still clients today. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, really since that at a young age, you've been cultivating a lot of great relationships with people. Mm-hmm. How much would you say, I guess, if you were waiting things out in the world of business, since you do work for yourself and have your own business, um, how important are relationships? Extremely. Extremely. Yeah. Yeah. And so what were some of your techniques as a young professional to cultivate relationships? Because I'd imagine, you mean, you have a design background, right? I mean, <clears throat> unless you went through classes around relationship building or, right. I mean, yeah. how do you, how didn't do you go, go from, school, didn't, yeah. you know, didn't take any PR classes or anything like right. that. Right. And, um, and sometimes, I mean, whether it's true or not, sometimes designers can be a bit more um, introverted, right? It could be more in, in your own space and, right your own world and designing and doing creating this magic and not necessarily out there. Right. Right. So how did you do this? How did you connect these two? You know, there's, you're exactly right, but there's also the reality of when you have bills to pay, you know, (laughs) you get out there and make friends or you don't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, and just being authentic. Okay. You don't, you don't want to sell something you're not and that you can't deliver. Right. Right. So, 
I've been fortunate enough to gravitate towards people that are yeah. just really like-minded and appreciate what I'm able to do. And, mm -hmm. and I appreciate, you know, what they can do. And it's, mm -hmm. it's been, you know, every client, it's a partnership, right? You know, it's a give and a take there. There's a, there's a mutual, uh, rewarding relationship. It's, there's a lot of respect there. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. I mean, I always try to share with people that business is about people. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we remove the people component. We try to make it about a product or this or that. But at the end of the day, it's about people. And the reality is people want to work with people they like. Yeah. Right. So every time we spend time with people and, and give them our time, which is the most precious resource of all, mm -hmm. um, I think all of us would agree on that. Uh, it can go a long way. So I love the fact that you were doing that at such a young age. So we've arrived now at uh, JM Inc., right? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your company today and 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 what you tend to focus on and uh, type of clients that you work with. And what are you passionate about around your business today? Because you've had it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, you have a great career, a lot of different stories and, and different things that brought you to this moment. What still fuels you to kind of get up in the day in the yeah. morning? Do you still yeah. have that same fire, that same passion? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm, I'm very fortunate. You know, I, I wake up each day and I just tell myself like, what can I accomplish today? Right. What can nice. I get done? What can I do? Mm -hmm. You know, not only for you or this client or this relationship, but like for me, yeah. you know, how can I further my business and how can I help myself? Yeah. Um, you know, so, so changing the name, the name of the business was invitation innovations way back in the oh, day. Oh, okay. Right? Um, she had an amazing reputation. It was a great business. Um, but just the name I couldn't get, I couldn't get over. The you weren't name. filling it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, can't buy a business, change the name. So I just left it yeah. for a long time, but you know, okay. several iterations and years later, the name changed. And I finally just realized like I'm, I, I'm me, you know, I yeah. just, you know, my name, Jonathan Mayer. Just so. you, you are your, you are the brand. I'm, I'm the brand. Yeah. You yeah. are the brand. Yeah. And so you primarily specialize in design services, design marketing. Right. Okay. Right. So what type of advice would you give to, you know, some up and coming designers or people that are out there um, contemplating a career in design or marketing, mm -hmm. um, the type of services that you offer? What are some things that you might suggest to them or, uh, you know, you know, moments in time that you said, you know what, that was worthwhile or taking those classes or, or spending the time here uh, that got you to this point. Mm -hmm. What are some things that come to your mind? You know, I've, I've always taken a risk and it's always worked out. Okay. I don't know how sound that advice is, but you know, you, you can't win if you don't try. Yeah. You know, so I've, I've always taken a risk and it's always worked out. Um, to a designer, I would say, know, know your likes, know your style, know your audience. Okay. Um, you know, my career has taken me down this luxury path. Mm -hmm. um, I work with a, a an exclusive jeweler in Newport Beach, uh, architect that designs some of the most beautiful homes you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. um, I've worked with men's clothings, uh, you know, custom clothing, people that make custom safes. Um, and I, I am drawn to kind of this, this quality and, and, beauty and design yeah you know whether it's the jewelry or the house or the clothing or these safes um you know and if somebody came to me and wanted me to do a, a record label again i don't know if i could do it you know interesting um, or like if a surf brand approached me and asked me to do something I, that's just for so long i've done this very kind of sophisticated clean luxury look and feel across the board okay um 
I've just kind of discovered what I'm good at. Yeah. You know, and keep doing it. So you, you've identified your style. So you, one of yeah. the things would be just know your lane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Know what you like. I mean, if you, if you like clothing, then, you know, go get into being a designer for fashion houses. Or if you like the automotive world, you know, yeah. get in, get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you yeah. think that sometimes as a designer it could work against you if you spread yourself too thin across different, you know, industries or is there just trade-offs? Is it just, you can learn, you can learn everywhere yeah. you go. I mean, I, I, I went from, I went from record industry to, you know, restaurants and hospitality and, um, medical devices wow. to, um, <clears throat> you know, wedding invitations yeah. to, to kind of this luxury brand for the past, you know, 10 or 12 years. Okay. So maybe sometimes taking those risks to explore different outlets will help you arrive at the sweet spot. Sure. Right. So you know your place. And so now you just tend to cater to those type of clients. Yeah. And what other advice would you give in terms of maybe uh, tools or education or things to the up and coming designer uh, to pay attention to or to be mindful of as they're venturing on a path of design, especially nowadays, given our digital economy where, you know, everybody's glued to their smartphones and right. uh, it's not going away. Right. And we're only going to consume more of that. Right. So right. are there any things that come to your mind for the up and coming designer today or student? You know, I've seen a lot of design students and they're all really talented mm-hmm. and really good. Yeah. I think they, I think they know what they want to do and they know where they want to go. Okay. Um, you know, expose yourself to different things. Yeah. You know, I went to, in San Diego, I went to a number of design conferences. You know, I've gone to like mm-hmm. Adobe conferences, yeah, um, different marketing conferences, just exposing yourself and just, you know, being a lifelong student. You yeah. Know, even if it's in a very small section of your world. I love that. I love it. It's a sort of, uh, I'm not sure who said it, but uh, a lifelong learner. Right. Yeah. And you also made a good point about just going to conferences and putting yourself out there in these environments, because I would imagine, too, as a designer or anybody that feels fairly creative is that you you probably find energy and inspiration from other spaces. Yeah. So even taking a day to go to the museum or walk the, you know, downtown L.A. or downtown San Diego and just sort of observe and take in the environment and maybe have some music or be in silence or meditate, whatever. I'd imagine you probably draw some inspiration there. Yeah. So having said that, what are some brands that, you know, uh, really capture your attention? You know, brands that come to mind, maybe a few or maybe one or two, whatever. Uh, Just a few brands that come to your mind that you say, man, I really love what they're doing, how they position the aesthetics. And anybody come to mind? Uh, You know, Apple's always been beautiful. Um, Not so much for the aesthetics, but Mm -hmm. the messaging. Okay. The, The insurance industry world is doing it's so funny. Like yeah. I love television commercials. Okay, like guess, Geico. Uh, Geico. Um, you've you've got flow. You've got the Allstate guy. Yeah. You've got the Mayhem character. Oh, the Mayhem right? character. Yeah. It's actually just kind of genius. Yeah. You know, and I love watching that because I like thinking a few steps back. Like, who's pitching that? In what conference room is that being pitched? Yeah. And I don't know if you remember um, Pets.com. Yes, I the, do. The sock puppet, the dog sock oh, puppet. Oh, yeah. Right? With yeah. the two like googly eyes yeah. glued on. Yeah, I do. And I just thinking like, who was the account <clears throat> exec that was standing there with a <laughs> sock on Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> Here's a million dollar idea. And they're yeah. standing there with a, with a sock on their hand. And yeah. next thing you see it on the Super Bowl, right? So Just I, these little novel concepts, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's funny, like the insurance industry 
uh, the auto insurance. It's just, I think they're doing a great job with their messaging, right? I think it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of fun and creative to watch. It's funny. You know? Yeah. You know, the mayhem commercials are fantastic, yeah. right? At yeah. first I have to tell you when I watched those, I was like, what the heck is this? Yeah. But then yeah. if you slow down and understand who this person is and what's happening, you know, <laughs> you're oh, like they, this they've, genius. They've turned like, you know, bad incidents and mishaps into a real character. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. Oh, and, then, man. and then the other one where the, the guy is like walking, walking his client through the museum. Yeah. Been there, done that, you know. Oh, yeah, the old like uh, golf cart in the lake incident, right? There's <laughs> a statue of the golf cart the, or whatever. I think, I just think it's really funny. It's really kind of genius. I love it. So those are the two. So Apple and the insurance industry. Anybody else come to mind? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the automotive is a multi, multi-billion dollar industry, you know. Yeah. The, a lot of automotive marketing is really pretty. Um, you know, there's just a lot of good design yeah, out different there. Ones it's kind of hard to pinpoint. And what would be some advice that you would give to to a startup company? Somebody that's just starting, doesn't have a lot of money, um, but wants to at least establish himself on, on a, or develop a good foundation, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when it comes to branding or marketing in general. Yeah. Um, just be authentic. Yeah. You know, social media is a great platform. Yeah. It doesn't cost you much if you don't want to, you know, boost and advertise and things like that. Yeah. But, um, you know, a position that I've found, which I like is, is being someone who solves a problem, mm. right? Don't talk about how great you are or how mm-hmm. many awards I've won or, you know, how remarkable I am or I've done yeah. A, B and C, but talk about like, yeah, I've solved this problem for this person or, you know, I can help you with this or, yeah. you know, coming, coming from a place of, of, of help. You I know? like that. Yeah. I like that. Versus I'm the expert, you know? I like that because yeah. we, I think sometimes there's just a saturation of too many experts or people that proclaim they're the best and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. talk about themselves a little bit too much, right? Yeah. And I, and yeah. I think that, uh, you know, you, our work ought to speak for itself, mm-hmm. right? And people are probably likely drawn to the quality of the work, um, which is, you know, the best situation that can happen, right? Yeah. So I like that yeah. and being authentic. Those are some great pieces of advice for sure. So I have uh, two more questions before we wrap up um, okay. the, the conversation today. So the, the first question I'd like to ask my guests is, uh, what is the last random act of kindness that you did for another individual and how did it make you feel? Uh, you know, I just try to be an overly good, polite person. Okay. Just out in public. Out in public. You know, so are we, are we talking about opening doors? Opening doors, you know, old-fashioned manners. Old-fashioned right? manners. I have this little little, little contest with my son, right? Yeah. The, the polite contest. You know, Okay. We see who can be the most polite around the house. Really? You know? And it, it you know, it kind of ebbs and flows. Sometimes we're really on it and sometimes yeah. we kind of forget about it. But, uh, you know, having this polite contest and just, and just old-fashioned hold the door for somebody. Old-fashioned. Right? Now, you know? with this, con- and I think that's wonderful because you're also, you know, uh, obviously shown some amazing leadership and, and parental-ness, uh, if that's a word, for your for your son. How much of that rubs off to the point where you now see your son doing that when you're not calling him out on it and yeah. just when he's out and about or you're around other families? Do you see it? Uh, I do. I mean, I have to stay true and I have to stay on it too. It's a work in progress for okay. sure. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, know, you, you just try to raise a good person. Yeah. You know? Raise a good um, person. And you have yeah. two kids, correct? Two kids. Two yeah. kids. Yeah. Well, that was so wonderful. Yeah. Okay. My last question. Right. And you're probably wondering, you know, what's the globe here <laughs> for? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So my last question is, if there was only one more place on this beautiful earth of ours that you could travel to, where yeah. would it be and why? Uh, and if you want to spin this, this is spin friendly. Right. Um, where would it be? You know, I've, I've always 
we've talked about for several years somehow doing a safari. A safari? Yeah. Okay. Just going out and just seeing these these beautiful majestic animals, right? Like San Diego's zoo? It, almost, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or in Africa. Or yeah. Africa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. South Africa. Yeah. Maybe on safari in South Africa. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully you get a chance to make your way to South Africa. And I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time and you have an incredible story. And I, I hope that, you know, somebody listening to the show or watching the show finds some inspiration, especially um, some of the young individuals out there mm-hmm. that are early on sitting in community college right now or, or school of any kind, vocational, or just on YouTube right now trying to figure out how to Photoshop works right. or Illustrator. Right. And uh, hopefully they they listen to this, they find some inspiration and it, it sets them on a, a good path and uh, some of the key things that you've shared to propel their career forward. So thank you so much, Sean. I really awesome. appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. All right. That wraps up another great show. You can learn more about Jonathan by visiting jonathanmayer.com or following him on Instagram at Jonathan Mayer. Until next time, have a great day.